everyone to My Bleeding Ears, episode number 39. This week is a very special week. There is no movie of the week because Jessalyn and I went to a film festival for a whole week. Yes. And saw a buttload of movies. Buttload is the exact number. Yeah, there was a ton. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the name of the film fest was called Cinepocalypse. It happened in late June. It was in uh, at the Music Box Theater. Uh, eight days of movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, New world premieres, Midwest premieres, and we had a few movies that were uh, released some time ago, but they have Chicago connections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry, I'm sorry, Lana Wachowski was there. No longer Larry, it's Lana. Uh, And we had Ernest Dickerson for uh, Demon Knight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lana Wachowski, of course, is The Matrix, uh, Speed Racer, Bound. Uh, Ernest Dickerson, who did Tales from the Crypt, uh, Juice. A lot of different Walking Dead episodes. Uh, Director um, Stephen Hopkins uh, was able to show Judgment Night there. Um, We got to uh, see him on stage, too, which was kind of cool. He he did Predator 2, so Mm -hmm. I was kind of happy to see him doing that there. Um, So we got some famous people in there and some some famous movies, too. But we're going to focus a lot more on these world premieres or just these movies have not come out yet. Yeah. Yeah. well, then we're going to start with opening night. Let's do it. You know, before I even start with that, though, I would just like to thank the Music Box and everyone associated with putting on this whole film festival. It was great. It was uh, really well done. They were, everyone was on their shit. Yeah. Uh, movies started pretty much on time. Uh, they were introduced well by, by the people running the show. Uh, the general manager was always, the general manager of the music box was always available. He's always around. He's always talking to people, which was great. It was yeah. great to see this particip- participation by all these people, including uh, volunteers there, too. We just wanted to see some cool movies, and they were just taking tickets really nice and everything. It was a great, great show, and I had a great time, and I can't wait to go next year. Agreed. This was a huge thing to put together. Eight days of movies that started from anywhere from 11 a.m., Till 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. This was a huge undertaking, and they did a great job. Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. It was an absolute wonderful time. Exhausting, but it was wonderful. It's, we're very <laughs> tired, so I can't imagine how they must be feeling now. Like I went to almost <laughs> all the days there, and there were two different passes you can buy. You can buy the four-day weekend one, mm-hmm. or you can buy the whole festival one. I bought the whole festival one because I wanted to see all the movies. Uh, I saw a few people... Maybe not a, a large amount, but I saw the same people throughout the whole week. So good. Uh, yeah. There was at least a few people who bought the whole whole week pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love supporting this kind of film festival because I want them to come back and I want to keep seeing these movies over and over and over again. Yeah, they mentioned a couple of times that they're going to do it again next year and we'll see you next year. That was awesome. <laughs> good, yeah. Can't wait. I'm going to take a week vacation. Though, yeah, I, I think, think we should. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough, man. We work early in the morning and just trying to get... Get up for work at 6.30 in the morning, then staying up until midnight, 2 in the morning, just yeah. to watch these movies. It was, it was tough, but you know what? It was well worth it. I'd totally agree. worth it. Mm-hmm. So we'll start off with our first movie. It was a world premiere. It was The Domestics. Mm-hmm. It was a movie directed by uh, Mike P. M- Nelson, not from Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, that's m- Mike J. Nelson. Okay. <laughs> Mike P. Nelson. <laughs> and this movie, The Domestics, is um, it's an apocalyptic kind of movie. Uh, kind of like uh, the director was saying, it's like the movie Mad Max, not Road Warrior. Kind of like just the start of shit going downhill. Kind of not everything's you know horrible, horrible just yet. There's still somewhat of a civilization going on, right? And 
It's called The Domestics because uh, a couple who are uh, Tyler Hoechlin and Kate Bosworth, their characters of Mark and Nina West, are having were having wedding uh, not wedding but having marriage problems before the apocalypse hit, and so they were kind of stuck with each other even right. amid a divorce and trying to survive with each other. Exactly, you find out midway that that. Um, Nina has had actually filed for divorce and was using her maiden name. Right, and yeah. even uses it once when she introduces herself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a pretty interesting movie. A great start off to the to the kind uh, of the whole. Uh, I was going to say convention <laughs> to the whole film festival. Yeah. The director was there. He was talking to us and everything. And I even asked him a question. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm, I got past my past uh, of fear of speaking to semi-famous people or, or, or people in the biz, I guess. Explain how it starts. I mean, I, we don't want to spoil it because it's going to come out, but the question so, yeah. you asked was good. Uh, the beginning of the film is pretty minimalist when it comes to showing the apocalypse happening because all you see in the beginning are a couple of school children walking out of school and they look behind them and they see these planes all in a formation, dropping what it looks to be, like, some poisonous gas on <laughs> the United <laughs> States. And you find out that most of the people have been wiped out, and everything has just gone to shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you asked... And I asked, did you ever have a different opening, a more grandiose opening for this film? You know how major, big-budget films would open with, like, planes crashing and shit mm-hmm. just going downhill, but this is pretty minimalist when it comes to that. But very, very effective. Yeah. That's all you needed to really know and see. You didn't need to see the whole downfall downfall of civilization happening around you to get the gist of what this movie's about. Right. We've seen enough apocalyptic movies. Right. And he actually said we did have some different openings, but decided to go with this one as the apocalypse happened. That's not the point of this Mm -hmm. movie. This point is about marriage. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's mostly with, with some some uh, road warriors in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this movie a lot. It was really good. Me too. Um, it did its job. It got the point across. And I would like to see it again, actually. Yeah, I would too. I love Tyler Hoechlin. I've watched Teen Wolf. I know, shut up, but I watched it. <laughs> He's in Teen Wolf. He plays Superman and Supergirl. Um, and I always like Kate Bosworth. I don't think she's amazing, but she makes some very... Risky choices she does, in her absolutely. career. And uh, I think they pay off. Yeah. They do. Like Straw Dogs. She did that one movie, Black Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah, she can take these gritty roles. Right. And then she can take these higher pro- profile roles, too. I think she was uh, in that Kevin Spacey movie about Bobby Darren. I think she yeah, played Sandy uh, D, I believe. Yeah, Beyond the Sea, she Beyond was. the Sea, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she did a good job in yeah, that, too. Yeah, she takes risks, and I really respect her for yeah. that. I'm not a huge fan, but after watching this, I mean, I've, I've, very, I've lightened up a lot. Yeah. Uh, I give it an A. I give it an A, too. Mm-hmm. Good good start to this movie. Another great character was the character of Betsy. She's played by Sonoya Mizuno, who is in uh, Annihilation. And you probably know her best from uh, Ex Machina, where she plays one of the robots, mm-hmm. one of uh, Oscar Isaac's robots. She was pretty cool in that movie, too, where he's like, oh, let's dance. And they start yeah. dancing with each other. I love that part. Yeah, she's got a great part in this. She has one line. Yeah. She's mostly just a badass in right. the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's our first movie. Our second one we're going to move on to now. Well, actually, Domestics is out now in select theaters. It just came out. Uh, yeah. June 29th. Mm-hmm. Our next movie that we saw the next day on Friday, because uh, opening night Domestics is the only one movie. Mm-hmm. Our second movie was The Devil's Doorway. It's uh, it's in the fall of 1960. Uh, two fathers were sent 
by the Vatican to investigate a miraculous event in an Irish home for fallen women, mm-hmm. only to uncover something much more horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a found footage movie. Uh, very well done. Uh, very yeah. scary, too. There's a couple parts where I even jumped, and I know you jumped, too, in uh, uh-huh. a scene or two. Uh, the father, uh, Thomas Riley, uh, did a great job. He was in the camera for most of the shots. He really, just his look and acting really put me in this movie, and I never really, never really, really was taken out of it at all. It was very well done. Yeah, he has the most screen time because it's a young, like, priest being mentored by this older priest. And so he gets the most camera time. And yeah, I agree. All the other acting, too, was well done by the women who were mm-hmm. in this home. And it's, they use an old camera, too. So which yeah. really, really, really puts you in the mood for this too. Uh huh. So I highly recommend this one. This is um, this is going to be in theaters July thirteenth in select theaters. Uh, this is a an Irish movie. Yeah. And I I think I believe I gave it like a four or a five when we were voting on the movies. Uh, I believe I gave it a four, but I still think it's a really good movie. I do too. Yeah, it's it's a good found footage movie. It's nothing groundbreaking, but I do like, like you said, the camera that they use is for the six is from the sixties. So they have this bit with the flash bulb that just keeps going out, and every time it goes out, you're like, oh my god, what am I going to see when it comes back on? And it gives you a couple of really good jump scares. Right. So that's another good one. Check that one out when it comes out. Hopefully it's playing in the United States, or hopefully it'll be video on demand pretty soon. I think a lot of these movies are going to be VOD and, and yeah. not a big release. I And that one is going to be released in select theaters. That's all I could find. It didn't say U.S. release, so it's possible right. it's going to be released in, U, in the U.K. in select theaters. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyone listening in the U.K., check it out. Check it out. It's good. Our next movie is called Hover. It is about drones in the uh, the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the near future, environmental strain has caused food shortages around the world. Technology provides a narrow path forward, with agricultural drones maximizing the yield from what land remains. Two compassionate care workers, Claudia and her mentor John, work to assist to assist sick farmland inhabitants in ending their lives. After John dies under mysterious circumstances, a group of locals helps Claudia to uncover a deadly connection between the health of her clients and the technology they are using. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this movie was all right. Yeah, I liked it. This is for you uh, Last Man on Earth fans. This was written by and starred, starred in uh, Cleopatra Coleman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know her, but people were super stoked that she was there because they loved Last Man on Earth. So this is her first screenplay. And she stars in this. And uh, John is played by this guy Mums. If you ever watched the TV show Oz, he played poet in the movie. Yeah. And another another uh, funny thing that I got out of this movie is uh, Leo Fitzpatrick. If you ever if you know him, he was like the main guy in the movie Kids, mm-hmm. and he was in the movie Bully and tons of other TV and stuff. Yeah. This guy took some acting lessons finally. <laughs> And he doesn't have marbles in his mouth, so he actually does like a good job uh, in this movie, which I was I was pleasantly surprised. I yeah. barely even recognized the guy. He like aged finally, you know. Yeah, he was, I like didn't a grown up. Recognize <laughs> him at all, but I've also blocked kids from my mind oh. for my own mental health. Oh, Madonna <laughs> yeah. loved it. So uh, back in '95, <laughs> and uh, Beth Grant, who's in everything, all the mm-hmm. things. She has 220 credits on IMDb, so when everybody was joking, and I was joking, she's in everything. It's not really a joke. She's from Donnie Darko, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, 
I didn't write down anymore because you all know who Beth Grant is. You just need uh, to see a picture of her. Yeah, well, she, well, if you don't, then she was the she wanted Sparkle Motion to to keep going and die yeah. in dark. No, she's she the, was doubting the dedication to Sparkle Motion. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> and another uh, um, this is another uh, recognizable face in this movie. Her name is Fabian Therese. She plays the armless, well, one the one-armed girl in Giant, John Dies at yeah, the End. Yeah, Amy from John Dies at the End. It was driving us nuts through the whole movie. So, yeah, I was like, man, who is that? Yeah. Ah. But, yeah, we finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen John Dies at the End, it's a cool, kooky movie. Yeah, Check that it's one out, great. too. Uh, I, I thought this movie was okay. The effects were very akin to, like, the sci-fi movies that are put out. Um, on the Sci-Fi Channel, <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but that's all. Yeah, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. But it's a very passable movie. Um, yeah, sure, check it out. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, the same for me. I give it a B. It's nothing terribly spe- special with regard to us fearing artificial intelligence. Mm. Um, but I was totally entertained. Uh, but yeah, the AI we invented to help us decided to murder us instead. That always happens in all AI movies that we see. And it's pretty much leads us into our next movie too, which mm-hmm. is called, uh, Await Further Instructions. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Christmas Day, the dysfunctional Milgram family wake to find a mysterious black substance surrounding their house. Something is happening right outside their door, but what exactly? An industrial accident? A terrorist attack? Nuclear war? Everything is unknown. Descending into arguments, they turn on the television, desperate for any information. On screen, a message glows ominously. Stay indoors and await further instructions. As the television exerts an ever more sinister grip, their paranoia paranoia escalates into bloody carnage. Now, I know we both liked this movie. I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was very tense and very, very much like how families are. Yeah. And that's I think, what this movie was about. Exactly, and I think that's kind of what took you out of this movie a little bit. I know you liked it, but you didn't have fun. That's man. right, yeah. It's not that I didn't like it. I did. I was very tense, and I didn't have any fun at all. But that doesn't mean this movie wasn't really good. It was. I, yeah. I enjoyed it very much. The acting is really good in this movie. You're just stuck in a house, and it's filmed. Um, it's a handheld movie. Puts you right in there with them, like you're stuck in the in the house too, because you don't yeah. get to see outside. You're maybe you see what they see. Yeah. And um, pretty much what this comes out. Uh, you had a good explanation for this movie, so why don't you why don't you tell us what you think about it? What it kind of means, all in all. Uh, what did I say? I mean, <laughs> I think that it's really a movie about. It's a claustrophobic movie about being stuck in a house with your family on the holidays, and how yeah, you could all love each other, but. You, it can also, I mean, this sort of stress just sort of tears them apart. What did and, I say? And, and, even, and even like a higher power can tear your family apart, even when you know it's wrong. And then they believe that something is right based on faith. They'll tend to tend to uh, look more towards faith than towards family in, in certain families. Yes. Yeah, did I say that? Well, not in those, that many words, but you kind of said this movie is just about like a, a oh, god and... Right. and, and um, I would following have to, your God and absolutely. what he says no matter what. Yes. I would have to spoil the end of the movie to tell you how I came to that conclusion, but yes. Yes. <laughs> TV was essentially God, and then the people in the house got to decide whether they believed in it or not. Right. But you didn't know that throughout the movie. Right. But it's mm-hmm. just kind of how the family follows it. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, and one of the major faces that you'll remember in there is David Bradley. He's the grandfather. He was, what's his name in Harry Potter? He's Filch. Filch, the janitor with the cat and all yeah, yeah and Harry Potter and Hot Fuzz. He's the guy you can't understand. And <laughs> only Nick Frost can understand yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the strain. I forget what he's been battling. The oh strain yeah, yeah. I think we years. stopped watching that after yeah. the first season. So, mm-hmm. but um, that'll lead us on to our next movie, which well, was... we didn't greet it. Oh, well, I, I did. I set it up. Well, I gave it. I liked a lot. So I give it an A. a. I give it a B minus, but only because I didn't have any fun watching it, and I was really stressed out when it was over. But that was the idea, so well done. Mission accomplished. Yeah, next. Sorry. It's all right. It's okay. Just don't do it again. <laughs> so that was Friday, those movies that we just That was our about. Friday, and on to our Saturday. So yeah, we did all those movies on Friday. Yeah. Saturday was even bigger. <laughs> yeah, Saturday was more. Our first one was a documentary called... not a do- Well, not a documentary, actually. It's based on a tr- on true event that, that's right. happened. Based uh, on this guy's memoirs. Exactly. Yes. It's a, a prayer before dawn. It's a, it's a story of an English boxer incarcerated for a drug charge in one of Thailand's most notorious prisons as he fights in, fights in Muay Thai tournaments to earn his freedom. Um, Joe Cole plays Billy Moore. And if you don't know who Joe, uh, Joe Cole is, he is from the... Um, Green Room. Green Room. I don't uh, remember. Peaky Blinders yeah. and that episode of Black Mirror he played in uh, called Hang the DJ. I didn't recognize him Me from that. Me either. Because he's transformed himself yeah. into this movie. He's muscly <laughs> and his hair is shorter and he's hot. And yeah, I didn't dude. know in Hang the DJ. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's um, he really went into this role. He plays like a drug addict type Muay Thai boxer who gets caught up and put in prison. He doesn't know the language. Really, I mean, he can sort of understand what they're asking him, but yeah, yeah he doesn't like, speak it at all, and mm-hmm. he's just out of his element. And uh, I just like some of the underlying things, or just the the things about Billy Moore himself, just um, about his addictions, and um, they don't speak about his family too much. But it seems like he kind of abandoned them for unknown reasons. Uh, he's in the Lady Boys. Which, well, in prison he is. No, 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 no. Uh, before then, he's in that, in that strip club, and those were men. Oh. He likes lady boys. Okay. <laughs> I just figured, okay, he's in prison, so no, he's into fame. That's right, how That's how good-looking the lady boys there are. You can't tell, man. I don't even remember that scene at all. You don't remember? <laughs> well, that's the part where he's in the, the club, and he goes in the bathroom, and he gets the drugs from the one uh, guy, okay, and he goes home yeah. and he gets arrested, right? Okay. So yeah, he's in there checking out lady boys. And it's one particular, her name is Fame, it's one right. particular woman, let's say woman. She, like, takes pity on him in yeah. the beginning, you know, when he, she can see, like, he's he's on heroin, he has nothing, she, like, bums him smoke so he can yeah. like, get things, you know. Like, but then when she's with another man, he gets really jealous. It's definitely right, yeah. her that he's into, yeah. True, true. Plus, well, yeah, because then he kind of falls off the, the wagon at that point, too. Yeah. It's a brutal movie, yeah. uh, it's a definite... See, it's uh, hopefully it comes out in August in select theaters. Yeah. August tenth. See, like S E E. I gave it an A. Oh, I gave it. Oh, I gave it an A also. Yeah. Oh, I gave it like a. I think a B plus A. Oh, okay. Maybe even an A, but yeah, definitely, definitely see this movie. There's a pretty brutal prison rape scene. <clears throat> yeah. I, <coughs> that goes on for a long time. It does. It was multiple, yeah. multiple men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It, I said it wasn't exactly fun to watch, but that's no. not the point of the movie. No, it's, it's not. It's a true story, and he turned out he turns out okay, and he made a movie and wrote a memoir, and that's awesome. Right, right. 
Check that one out. Our next movie we've seen before, and we've actually done this on the show, was Demon Knight. Mm -hmm. It was uh, my first pick. My very first movie pick. Oh, it was, number 10. It was show, episode yeah. 10. Mm -hmm. uh, it was cool because we got to see Ernest Dickerson on stage, and people got to ask him questions. Um, and then he just got to talk a little bit about things about the movie, and um, some interesting things he did say about the producers of the movie and how they wanted different. They wanted a different actor other than uh, Jada Pinkett to play that role. Yeah. Uh, they wanted Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. But uh, mm -hmm. Ernest Dickerson was like, no, I want Jada Pinkett. And, like, the producer's like, well, does she have big tits? You know? And Joel Silver. Joel Silver. In particular, Silver. he kept naming. Joel Silver is a disgusting human being. Is he uh, dead? I hope no, so. he's alive still. He's still <laughs> making movies. Yeah, he's yeah. gross. Yeah, he's a gross man. I, I don't hope he's dead, human. but he's gross. Ernest Dickerson was just telling us what he would say to him. He didn't call him a disgusting human no, being. I am. That's what we're saying. Yeah. And there's another producer, too, about how, like, he wanted the Billy Zane character to fuck Jada Pinkett. And he's like, no, it just doesn't make any sense. He's a demon. He's not going to fuck her, you right. know? So then they uh, actually filmed the one scene in Demon Night where uh, Billy Zane's uh, crotch emits a flame out of it. And that was kind of like the, um, the compromise he did with the producer who wanted to see Billy Zane fuck Jada Pinkett. Yeah. So that, yeah. It's, so he's like, all right, we'll make a fire penis. And it just totally doesn't fit in with the movie at all. No, it's so out of place. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because that part makes no sense. <laughs> yes, it, it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. uh, Our next movie <clears throat> that we saw, and I've seen recently, uh, I haven't seen recently, I've seen before also was Judgment Night. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't seen Judgment Nights, it's, I mean, it's about four guys who are in Chicago are going to a boxing match and get... Uh, sidetracked, and they accidentally hit this guy who's running from a bunch of drug dealers yeah. who he stole from, and they get caught in the middle of it, and they try to escape the shittier parts of Chicago. Yeah, they witness this guy's <coughs> murder by this huge drug boss. Yeah, and we have uh, Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary, Stephen Dorff, and my favorite part of the movie is when Jeremy Pibbin gets thrown off the fucking building. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that piece of crap. I wrote... For Jeremy Piven, Gross Point Blank, Black Hawk Down, Entourage, and being totally dead to us now. Yeah, he's a piece of crap. By Jeremy Piven. Yeah, you could have fallen off a building on the Ellen Show a long time ago. Yeah, I was the only one who clapped when that happened. Yeah. Quiet. I didn't understand. <laughs> Fuck Jeremy Piven. <laughs> and of course, it's by Stephen Hopkins, who did Predator 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Yeah. I didn't know I, he was from Australia. I didn't know that either, yeah. pretty cool. I still like this movie. I saw it when I was in college for the first time because I was on this big Dennis Leary kick in college. <laughs> and I think I still maintain that he's pretty scary. Yeah, he is pretty boss. scary in yeah. this movie. He's good. But I think I give it a C plus just because this whole fucking movie could have been avoid if you, avoided if you just stayed on the expressway. <laughs> Idiots. Like, yeah. no, let's just go around the south side of Chicago. We all know that's safe. But Dennis Leary is nuts, and that was really fun. And Stephen Dorff is just a wee baby of 20 oh, yeah. years old. He's so young and pretty. And, of course, Judgment Night is available for rent or purchase on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. If you want to check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably give it around the same grade you did. It's an okay movie, you know. It's not bad, yeah. Uh, the soundtrack definitely overshadows it. I mean, I yeah. I listened to the soundtrack a thousand times before I even saw this fucking mm -hmm. movie. Uh, someone told me it was bad, and I was like, oh, I guess I won't watch it. And I mean, they weren't wrong necessarily, necessarily, but it, it was. It's somewhat of an enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's not spectacular, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, our next movie was Boogeyman Pop. Yeah. Uh, I was 
somewhat looking forward to this movie, and you I were. was a little disappointed by it. Uh, a bat-wielding mass killer in a rusted-out black Cadillac weaves in and out of three interlocking stories awash in sex, drugs, punk rock, black magic, and broken homes. Uh, this movie is starring James Paxton as mm-hmm. Tony. Uh, everyone else I really haven't seen before. Uh, it's directed oh. by Brad Michael Elmore. I think I believe it's his first or second movie. It's a lot of shorts. Yeah, I didn't recognize anything else. But James Paxton, Paxton I didn't recognize anybody else. Anything he did either. He's just a name because that's Bill, Bill Paxton's, Paxton's son. son. Right, right. And I don't even think I would have known that just sight alone. But once you know it, right. you can definitely see it. That is Bill Paxton's <laughs> son. Yeah, for sure. I was hoping he would like, do some goofy shit like Bill Paxton would but in, in his earlier movies, but no. I yeah, didn't. he's his own man. <laughs> um, MC Ganey is the only name. He's from Lost, Club Dread. He's done tons of TV. You totally know MC Ganey. Uh-huh. Well, I have a new girlfriend from this movie, too. She played Danielle. Her yes. name is Dominique Booth. Yeah, she was pretty hot. Yeah, she is. I actually would like to check her age before I call gross. But... Uh, it's not gross. She's of age. Thank you. I All checked right, it out. Fine. Yeah, she's great. Uh, her parts in the movie are definitely my favorite parts. She's right. the most compelling character. Other than that, yeah, it was a little... Um, it's kind of like a hipster horror movie a bit. Um, so the, 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 the thing in here that, that kind of grabbed me the most was that we all know that Halloween... Uh, the character of Michael Myers is wearing a uh, a painted William Shatner mask from Star Trek. Well, in this movie, this guy is wearing a black painted Spock mask. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to you know flip it on here a little bit. Right. Though. I thought it was Shatner <coughs> and just no, painted no. black. But no, Spock. it was Nimoy. You, yeah, okay. you can see his pointy nose and uh, pointy ears. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always like... Like four interlocking stories. That's yeah. interesting. It wasn't bad. I, the grade that I gave it was C plus, but I actually want to see it again. I do too. I want. I do want to see it again. I want to give it another shot because when I walked out of the theater, people were like, "Man, that was great." Yeah, they were like raving. I was like, "What the fuck did I miss? Did I miss something?" And, and like, I think maybe what happened is that we it, this festival started off with some really strong yes, movies. Yes. And then this came along and right. we thought it was fine, but I want to give it another chance. I do. I want to yeah. give it another chance too. Uh it, it, it's even though he 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 tried something, you know. Yeah. He he, he did his best. Uh, so I'll give him another chance. Yeah. Why not? That moves us on to our last movie of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a midnight, actually it's a 12.30 showing. Uh, I want to see world premiere of Puppet Master, yep. I think number 10, called The Littlest Reich. Yeah. Oh, did we say when Boogeyman Pop was going to come out? Uh, there's no date for it yet. Oh, there's so, no date. Yeah, yeah. never mind. So yes. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that, though, and we'll let you know. Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Uh, <laughs> it was actually written by the guy who wrote uh, Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen that Brawl in Cell Block 99 yet, but I heard it's great. I heard Vince Vaughn isn't Vince Vaughn, yeah. so it's very interesting. I do want to see that. And Bone Tomahawk we both liked a lot. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, there's some uh, uh, familiar faces in this one, this uh, Little List Reich. Uh, we got Thomas Lennon, who, who is from Reno 911, uh, uh, Santa Clarita Diets. <clears throat> He played the mm-hmm. principal in there. He's, yeah. He was, um, what was that one show on, um, The States was on MTV back in the 90s. Oh, Remember okay. that show? It was like a kind of. ensemble, kind of like sketch comedy okay. thing. 
uh, what's that guy you like from Veronica Mars was on it? Ken Marino. He was on oh, it, too. Oh, I love Ken Marino. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> oh, I love that Thomas Lennon and Ken Marino have something in common. Yeah, like Michael awesome. Ian Black was on the show. There's a bunch of different comedians. Okay. Yeah, uh, I always liked Thomas Lennon. Yeah. We got Udo Kier. That he pops up in all sorts yeah. of shit. <laughs> Blade, Ace Ventura, Blood Rain. Right. Lots of stuff. Barbara Crampton, another uh, mm-hmm. genre favorite. Reanimator. Yeah, Reanimator, of course. You're next. Uh, uh, Whatchamacallit. What's that other movie she's in? Oh, from. Not from Beyond. From Beyond, I think. Yeah, that's the name of it. Yeah. Uh, Then. uh, This was a very, very passable movie, considering it has a Puppet Master (laughs) title. Yeah, it starts out strong. It's pretty funny. It's funny. It's racist. It's all sorts of. It's just nuts. But obviously, we're all against racism. Right. It's playing it for fun. Evil. Yeah. Right. And and if you follow along with Puppet Master, it spawned from from uh, Germany and and the Nazi regime. Anyway. Uh, I've watched the Puppet Master up until like the fourth movie, and the fourth one was so bad, I was just like, I can't watch any more of these. Yeah, and that was back a while ago. That was probably in high school when I saw part four. Yeah, uh, the first one came out in the eighties or the nineties. Late eighties, I okay. want to say eighty eight, eighty nine. I liked the first two. The third one, I don't remember all that much. Since mm-hmm. it became like a full, low budget, full moon piece of shit, you know, and that's how it kind of seemed going forward until this movie. Where this kind of went all balls out, lots of boobs, lots of lots of blood. It was yeah. it was funny. The gore, I mean, it's gory, but it's played for laughs. Yes. So I feel like you could take that gore out of context and be like, "Wow, that was really nasty." Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yes. But you, you can't play a puppet master seriously. A no, puppet master I agree. Movie seriously. You've got to play it for laughs, but considering this is the guy who wrote Bone Tomahawk, wow, there's a lot of gore in this. Yeah, well, good. Well, and good. yeah, it's great. I think that was a good hook for this movie, was just having him as the writer. Yeah. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Sunday started off early in the morning, actually. Uh, Puppet Master was at 12.30, so we didn't get home until about 2, and we didn't go to sleep until about 4 yeah. in the morning. We got up, went and saw Wolfman's Got Nards about 11.45 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted to see this. Uh, it's a documentary about Monster Squad, one of my favorites when I was growing up as a kid. Uh, you weren't a huge fan of the movie growing up. You'd only seen it maybe once times while I was babysitting and I thought it was fine but I it sort of I'm I sort of missed that 
uh, the, the whole thing. <clears throat> but what I love about this documentary is that it's not just the cult following of Monster Squad, but it's sort of an analysis of cult followings mm-hmm. about movies that just find their audience right. later. Much, much the later. Yeah. Maybe even not much later, because I was a big fan of this watching it on VHS, you know, and, and talking you... to my friends. I didn't see it in the theater. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, VHS and yeah. HBO. Mm-hmm. Oh, good old HBO. Hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> and when you found it, you loved it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was a kid right around those kids' age. Rudy was the fucking badass. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be Rudy, you know, make some fucking kid eat a candy bar off the ground. <laughs> uh, I wasn't a big fan of this movie, actually. I could sense that. Why not? Because it was pretty much what you said. It was just, um, it was kind of a stroke piece in a way, where the director who actually was in uh, Monster Squad played the, the main part uh, what's his name uh, Andre Gower played yeah. uh, the main kid in Monster Squad mm-hmm. he was actually there to introduce the movie and he's in the movie throughout directing and just um, speaking to different people just about their obsession with Monster Squad they really didn't go in depth with the movie which I would have liked but he actually the, the director actually warned us he's like it's not going to be like uh, some of these other movies, uh, some of these other documentaries, like Best Worst Movie or like Jason and Freddy anthologies. Um, it's not a making of. It's not type movie. So yeah. that's what I wanted, and right. that's not what I got. I got a stroke picture about a bunch of people liking a movie that came out thirty years ago. Um, that's true, and uh, I did like that. But you're right. If I had, let's say, I love Fright Night. If I thought I was going to go see a documentary about how they made Fright Night, and this is what I got, right. I would have been disappointed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed. But he did tell us that it wasn't going to be like that. So yeah. I got him a little credit about that. I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted yeah. to. I wanted there to be more um, actors from the movie in it too. Unfortunately, the character of Horace couldn't be in there because he. Through the documentary, you learned how he, he died. And, but in it like was 1999 just... 1999? Yeah, it was in the 90s he died. He was young, yeah. So we only got to see Phoebe, the, the, the actor who played Phoebe, mm-hmm. uh, the, the cool guy of the group, and Andre Gower, the director. Mm-hmm. Pretty much those are the only people interviewed, along with the, the cop and Dracula. But that's it. Right. And there really isn't anything else that got me more in depth with the production of this film, which I would have liked to see, but yeah. unfortunately I didn't get it. They talk uh, a little bit about the costumes, yeah. like the whatever. Oh, the makeup effects and the, yeah. uh, the the creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff, so that right. was pretty cool. I like mm-hmm. that. But then it would just go off once again about well, we're going to go to fucking Great Britain now and yeah. a bunch of people are going to cheer. It was, but, yeah, I see what you mean by stroke piece. I mean, it kind of hidden behind... Mm-hmm. What is a cult movie? Right. What is that? But, you know, we did get to, to see interviews with uh, Shane Black and Fred Decker, the yeah. writer and director, respectively. Uh, Fred Decker even said this is his favorite movie, and his, I think he thinks it's his best movie. Uh, I disagree. I think um, uh, whatchamacallit is better than that. Night of the Creeps. Oh. I like that one a lot more. But then he's... Like a career kind of fizzle out after that. He did like RoboCop three, and it was yeah. just horrible. But Shane Black has found his way back in the movies. He has Predator coming out mm-hmm. um, in August, so good for him. It took him a while to get to the place where he is now, but good. He's a, he's an intelligent guy. And he's making pretty good movies. So yeah, can't wait to see Predator. So I gave this an A because uh, I don't 
love Monster Squad, yeah. so I liked the analysis of what does it mean to be a cult film. Mm-hmm. But I can see absolutely why. <clears throat> yeah. What did you give it? I give it a C minus. Yeah. I think I actually gave it um, like a, a two on the ballots because I mean I just wasn't. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Our next movie was Empathy Inc. Uh, it's about an investor in a VR startup discovers that the reality the company provides isn't virtual. Uh-huh. Um, the director was there uh, along with some of the writer with the writer and some of the cast. Uh, it's pretty much about this guy who is uh, works he's like a stockbroker or something and he, they find out that he cheated the company so he gets fired. He has to move in with his wife's parents, <laughs> who yeah. try to get him to do shit all the time that he doesn't want to do. And then he runs into an uh, this someone he knew back in the day, and that guy asks if he wants to invest in his new company about uh, virtual reality and being able to live out kind of someone else's life through their eyes. And then you find out that's not exactly what's happening. Right. Uh, it's shot in black and white. Uh, I thought this movie was, was pretty good. You know, it was a a pretty cool, decent story. There's some decent acting in it. Character development wasn't all that great, but, uh, it was still an enjoyable movie. I, it kept my attention. Yeah, mine too. It's, it's not, I keep asking myself, was this a story I needed to hear? Have I heard this story before? It's not exactly a story that I've heard before, but I predicted the outcome really early in the movie, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I nailed it. <clears throat> so I gave it a C plus. It's all right. Yeah, I give her. I give it a B minus. Yeah, C plus, right around there too. Our next movie was Malicious. Uh, it is pretty much an insidious clone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only not good. Uh, only not good. Uh, if you've seen any insidious movies, it kind of just takes right from there, along with the the violin playing whenever something scary might happen. Yeah. Uh, Josh Stewart, who you may know from The Collector, The Collection, and Insidious, The Last Key. Uh-huh. He's kind of one of those character actors. He's not like a beautiful guy, you know, like how you get in... in his usual starring roles and everything, but he's kind of just making his way through like the genre films, and being he, more noticeable. If you remember, he was probably he was in um, was it the Dark Knight Rises as yeah. one of the cronies. So he's, he has a recognizable face. I really liked him in the the Collector in the Collection, yeah. which I love those movies anyway. Me too. Yeah, that's just it. I wouldn't call him handsome, but I no. I always remember what he was in. He looks kind of sad all the time. He's got he does. The, the sappy eyes. He's got a sad face. Uh, yeah. Del- <clears throat> we got Delroy Lindo, if you've ever seen, uh, if you know who he is, he was like Get Shorty, Malcolm X, Ransom, Yeah, uh, the cop Ransom or the FBI agent or right, whatever, yeah. yeah. He's in there, he plays a blind teacher. Uh, pretty much what I just said, it's uh, about this, this college professor, he moves into, um, this new house, and, uh, his pregnant wife is, you know, uh... <laughs> Is kind of infected by this uh, deity, I guess. Yeah, they open this box. Right. I don't think it's a deity, but it's some sort of like demon. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's pretty much that one movie we saw with Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, about the Divic box, the possession, the possession. Yeah, kind of just like that. But also kind of like insidious in that you can't just leave the house. Right. And it'll follow you. Yeah, it follows you. Yeah. 
Uh, you gave it an F, I'm supposing. I gave it a C minus <laughs> oh, B plus. Oh, okay. I thought you gave it because you gave it a because, one. Because <laughs> yeah, because I would have been mad if I paid a full price movie ticket to see this. I would have been pissed at myself and at the creator. It's not nearly as good as the other movies that we saw. But it's not the worst thing no, I've ever isn't. seen. But one thing that did happen right after the movie was over, no one clapped. No, it yeah, was I, so awkward. I felt bad for the director. He was a writer and director was there too. Yeah. And it just didn't seem like there was any passion put in this movie. No, there was nothing original about it. It's yeah, not I horrible. felt bad too. It's not, but there's nothing... It's not good. Mm. Even the guy who introduced it, I was a little worried because... If he liked the movie, you were going to know it. Right. And if he was fine with the movie, he was still going to compliment it. Right. And still, he was basically like, this, here's a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then left, and I was like, uh-oh, what's this going to be? It's fine. Right. I don't know. Earlier uh, in the day, we also did see a Bill Murray uh, documentary, uh, not just about him, but about how he just shows up randomly in yeah. places and fucks with people. And <laughs> it's it, called it was... um, the Bill Murray stories: life lesson, life lessons from a mythical man. Right, and it's all about yeah, Bill Murray just showing up at places as Bill Murray is wont to do. Right, uh, it was a pretty cool documentary. Yeah. I mean, it's really not too much to talk about. It's just about some dude going around, uh, you know, interviewing people about the times that they met Bill Murray or. Or uh, certain guys, you know, this one guy who has a, had a YouTube show interviewing people who'd met Bill Murray before in these uh, situations. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but I'll give it a B. Yeah, I think I gave it an A minus, B plus. It's really interesting, especially because the guy who did this documentary did get to meet Bill Murray at the end. But it's not the same when you're coming up to Bill Murray. He's still right. a celebrity, and he's busy, and maybe he wasn't rude, but he didn't give him an interview or, right, any, or yeah. a picture or anything like that because he was doing stuff. But it's this idea that Bill Murray has this like zest for life. This zest for life where he just goes out and shows up at random places, and is just a really cool guy. I actually think that Bill Murray is actually a very lonely person who just Probably. shows up at strangers' houses and hangs out and doesn't have to form a real meaningful relationship because right. maybe he can't. Right. So the whole time I was watching that, I was like, I bet Bill Murray is a really sad, lonely guy. Right, yeah. But the fact that he's touched these people's lives and giving the, given them stories that they will never forget right. is such a big deal. Yeah. Right, right, absolutely. And... Our next movie that we saw was my personal favorite of the whole film festival mm -hmm. called Summer of 84. Yep. It is directed by the people who did Turbo Kid. So I was pumped to so see was this I. movie. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the later movies, too. I think it was shown at like close to 10 o'clock at night. And I was, we were pretty exhausted from the few days before, but we stuck it out because I really wanted to see this. Yeah. There's no way I was going home, but I was going to complain about how tired I was and how late this movie was, but I was going to see this movie, yeah. After suspecting that their police officer neighbor is a serial killer, a group of teenage friends spend their summer spying on him and gathering evidence. But as they get closer to discovering the truth, things get dangerous. I absolutely love this movie. Mm -hmm. I love the 80s. Um, I love Stranger Things, too. So this movie's going to get... Um, Compared to Stranger Things a lot. Yeah. And it's totally not like Stranger Things. No. Uh, totally different concept. Only thing that really 
kind of relates it to that is that there's kids, although they are teenagers, and it's in the 80s. Yeah. And a lot of that 80s nostalgia really doesn't come out too much in the movie. There's not some someone coming up like, hey, check out my, you know, my pogs or whatever. Right. It's not, like, it's not, it's not shoving it in your face. And there's no supernatural element to no. it. It's a, like a mystery, but yeah, I agree. I think I think that maybe they said it in the '80s because serial killers were way harder to catch in right. the '80s than they are now, and they wanted that nobody has a cell phone. They right. were using walkie talkies. Yes, yeah. yes. I thought this movie was extremely well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, God, I really want to talk about this movie more, but it has not. It's not being released until August. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin this movie for anyone, man. I. I, I I was liking this movie throughout. It was good. It was following a formula. But then it did something to where it wasn't formulaic anymore. And it was actually a standalone movie. And yeah. It, it wasn't an 80s movie anymore. This was something that, that, that stayed with me. And it's still with me right now. Just how I feel and how like the last half hour of this movie affected me. Yeah, the end of the movie, I never could have predicted. No, I... And uh, through the entire movie, at least for me, I really didn't know no. if this guy was a serial killer no, or not. Yeah, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah, yeah it's... Oh, man, it was, it was so well done. Um, the, the guy yeah. in question, Wayne Mackey, the guy they think is a serial killer, is from Mad Men... And Glow. I don't remember him in he Glow. He was the, the one who fucks Alison Brie, the guy that grows oh, up. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember him in Glow. Yeah, he's great. Excellent. Oh, yeah, he is Rich good. Summer is his name. All the kids are good in this, too. I mean, it, yeah. it never took me out of it or anything. They're great actors. Judah Lewis, who plays Eats, Tommy Eaton, is the kid from The Babysitter. I didn't oh, put that oh, together shit. until huh. I looked it up. Yeah. Huh. Also really well, good. Right. Well, I didn't like it that much, but... <laughs> no, I mean, I thought he was really good in the babysitter. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it more than you did, but yeah. And then I just thought this was funny. Tierra Sculpey, who plays Nikki, is Elizabeth Berkeley in the Unauthorized Say by the Bell story. Oh, look at this. <laughs> so you've seen her before. All right, well, that's where I've seen her before. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, it's a definite C. I had problems with it. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a big discussion about this. Yeah. And, uh, and for the sake of our relationship in the podcast, let's not go into it here. <laughs> but the parts that I liked, I really liked a lot. It's right. a C, yeah. Right. C, like, I gave it a B plus. Ugh. But it's a definite S-E-E. Yeah, I gave it... An A plus. I can't wait to see this movie again. I don't even, you know, it's it's going to be so hard to see this movie again, knowing what happens. Yeah, but I really would just like to digest it one more time. Right, I agree. Oh. Just erase the end from your brain and start fresh. I know, yeah. I know, man. Oh, uh, our next movie was another cool surprise for me. I had no idea what this movie was about. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. But the name of this movie is Relaxer. <laughs> Yeah. We've been joking about this movie all weekend. Larry didn't have anything to do on Sunday, so we just got to... We'll tell him what That's it's about. Uh, with the impending Y2K apocalypse fast approaching, Abby is faced with the ultimate challenge. The unbeatable level 256, 256 on Pac-Man. And he can't get off the couch until he conquers it. A survival story set in a living room. <laughs> and that's where it takes place. Yeah. You stay in this living room the whole movie. The camera barely moves from the guy on the couch. It, Occasionally to yeah. other people. It will yeah. pan, but that's... Uh, 
I don't think there's that many cuts in this movie either. No. There's a lot of long shots. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking ten minutes even, maybe even longer than that, of dialogue. I was so impressed by the acting, and, and hell, there's like a puke scene that they, they shot, and they had to be exact on how to get this guy to puke. Yeah, he's really puking. He's, yeah, he's I really pukes. <laughs> so, yeah, you were gagging. I was like, alright, well, I have to pee anyway. This so movie's really here. gross, too. <laughs> but, so, so pretty much it's just this guy sitting down, disgusting, well, people come in and to, to either like hang out with him or yeah, like clammy, no shirts. Oh. <laughs> Been drinking a gallon of milk all day. And, and the reason is that his brother puts him up to these like these tests, these tasks to do, these challenges, yes. and he's never completed one before. David Dustmalchian, who's also in the Domestics, but like Dark Knight, Ant Man, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. He's that weird-looking dude in all those movies. Well, it, yeah, just think about yeah. the Dark Knight when they when uh, they catch him in the Dark Knight. He's playing uh, a cop, and they arrest him. They're questioning him, and he's not saying shit, and he's just smiling Smirking at him. Like he works for the Joker, person. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the guy, if you, yeah, if you don't remember that's him. him. But yeah, he was in the Domestics, too. He played a pretty funny character yeah. in that. <laughs> so that's his brother. Abby is Joshua Burge from The Revenant, but I haven't seen The Revenant. Yeah, I haven't seen The Revenant. Yeah. But yeah, but he's those... really dirty in that. It's like he is in this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this was a cool movie. I liked yeah. it a lot. I liked it too. <laughs> it's just gross. Uh, this is a definite check out for me. If you want to see some good acting, a uh, cool premise, you know, the minimalist at, at its best right there, I'll have to say. And it's barely 90 minutes. It's barely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool movie. <laughs> uh, the beginning is a little gross, but it, it kind of gets grosser, but not like... An extreme gross, like the puking part where no. you gag, but it's still kind of gross. <laughs> no. And I don't want to. It's going to come out mid month in select theaters or maybe VOD. If it's on VOD, in get select, it, man. Yeah, if it's on VOD, definitely get it. <laughs> I mean, it it makes you want to maybe get up off the couch, take a shower, and go outside into the world and do something. Which <laughs> Uh, our next, uh, the next film that we saw was Gags. Now you're really looking forward to this one. Uh huh. This is about uh, a few years ago. There was those clown sightings. Well, really, those were just a, a promotion for a movie that was going to come out, and it finally came out. Yeah. Called Gags about some clown that terrorizes people. But they just the had this actor just go hang out in places and stand there with balloons mm-hmm. with no cameras around him or anything because they wanted publicity for this, and. So what they got to do was, in the movie, they got to cut in all this actual news footage. Right. Because it just went totally viral. And in the Midwest and Chicago, it was, in Green Bay, it was all over the news. Like, what yeah. is this clown doing? What is this all about? <laughs> no, I can't arrest him. It's just a creepy clown yeah, standing on the corner. He's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so I thought that was very cool, and I was really excited to see this movie, yeah. And it turns into uh, somewhat of a found footage movie, in a way. Uh, it's either by people uh, who were filming, like, certain parts, or, like, police body cams, uh, YouTube people uh, who were live-streaming and stuff, so mm-hmm. that's how the movie's kind of pieced together. What did you think of this movie? So I give it a A minus B plus because I had a really good time. Really, okay. I love that they cut in that news footage. I mean, right. some news anchors that I knew and liked. I was like, hey, I know him. I remember when he reported on this. <laughs> um, 
So, as I said, I might be biased because of that, but I liked how they were able to stick that in, and no. I thought it was a fun found footage list. It is a fun, yeah, it's yeah. a fun movie. Uh, don't expect too much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was very, it was very passable. It was, I'll give it, I'll give it a B minus, C plus right around there. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of was hoping for a little more. I didn't know it was going to be found footage, kind of. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, I was going in there thinking something, and I got something else, which isn't bad, necessarily. One cool thing that was happening there was that a lot of people showed up for this film. Yeah, people were excited. Probably for the same reason that I was. Right. Because they remember all of that news coverage about right. it. And, yeah, there were tons of people in the theater, which... Good. That good for him, man. He had some the the director um, Adam Kraus had a lot of support. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good to see when people come out and see your movie. Our next movie, which you didn't see, uh, which I'm kind of going to no. close it out. I saw the last few movies. That was the last one you saw. Mm-hmm. Kind of wanted to clean up on a few more. Um, I saw this movie called uh, Luciferina. Oh yeah. Um, it's an Argentinian film, uh, about this, um, uh, or Spanish, one of those, I don't know, about a young nun who, who learns, um, uh, a young <laughs> nun <laughs> who leaves her church to visit her dying father. Mm-hmm. And later on she finds out, um, when she leaves the church, she meets up with, like, her sister and her few friends and they, they go and find out why, like... Her father got sick, and uh, her mother killed herself or died. Uh, it's very... It's kind of hard to follow, um, but you you find out that this, this girl, um, the nun, ends up... Um, you find out that she was impregnated by a demon. Her mother was impregnated by a demon in church. And then she, you know, goes back there later on, figures out what's going on. One of her friends gets um, taken in by a demon... And then they fuck on a sepulchre at the end. So, wait. Pretty much. She's the daughter of a demon? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, like a a demon impregnated her mother, and then it fucked with her mother's mind, and she went crazy, and and tried to kill her dad, and she died, and her dad's all fucked up. And then this 19-year-old girl nun hangs out with her sister, then they go to this island to see a shaman about... Expanding their mind, and once they do that, she finds out all this shit about herself, and then the demon okay. infects one of the friends and kills everyone, tries to kill her, but then he, they, she finds out that she's half-devil and has some powers, and then they fuck each other on the sepulcher, and that's it. It sounds like something I might be interested in, except... Because of your tone, I'm not. I can tell it's, that you were it, not. It into was, it. <laughs> I, man. I kind of. Uh, it was. It was kind of hard to follow. I was kind of okay. zoning out sometime. Uh, the girl's really cute in the movie, though. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it again That's for that. Good, I guess. I watched, nothing I'll, against that. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch the the five minute fuck scene on, on the the tomb there. Is it really five minutes? That's yeah. Long <laughs> yeah. for a not porno. Yeah. Huh. Well, it was, yeah. So yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Then it <laughs> ended, and I was like, "All right, good. This movie's over." <laughs> Uh, then, fuck, one movie I saw after that, I saw this weird movie called The Secret Popo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, continuing on with Larry's Corner. Larry, well, well this whole podcast <laughs> is Larry's Corner. Uh, Secret Popo pretty much was, uh, Pink Panther on Acid. Uh, <laughs> 
It's about this uh, older gentleman who's been who's divorced and finds out that his kid, who he doesn't really know, had a child and she's been kidnapped. Or she's missing. He yeah. looks at like a milk carton. Uh, interesting premise. It's just a real, real weird zany movie. Uh, it could have been like a PG movie, but there's some swearing in it. Uh, the main guy in the movie, the the Popo, I guess. He uh, he, he reminds me kind of of Popeye because he's try he he brands himself a detective or or an inspector or something, <laughs> and he tries to find clues to his missing daughter, uh, his gr- missing granddaughter, but he. <laughs> he'll find these weird clues and then he'll laminate them and stick them on a board. And that would happen like five or six times through the movie. He'd find something, then you'd see the laminator laminate it, and then he'd put it <laughs> up on the board. And he would speak a lot like Popeye, like a lot under his breath, kind of. You wouldn't be able to understand, but then he'd speak louder, and then there'd be voiceovers, and it was just kind of weird. And between scenes, you'd, he'd come out like in the front, in the foreground of a scene, and like do some weird like movements and stuff, or dance, and then he'd go down and then like. The scene would start up, you know. It was really weird. <laughs> I read that it's it's mostly improvised, and yes. that can be really funny, but it can also be really annoying. Right, and it it was um, it right. was it was. I couldn't say it was annoying because this okay. is a unique unique film. Uh, I got to give him a little credit on that. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily suggest it unless you're in the mood for a zany character who was there. For at the screening too. Yeah, he's a Chicago native. Right. Yeah. He was, and even before the movie started, he was all nuts. You know, like walking up and down the aisles, singing and shit, and like, <laughs> like diff- different parts of the movie, you just go popo, and it's like, weird. <laughs> yeah. So that was that movie, and then I saw another one too around the same time, which okay, this is a long ass title for this movie, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'll say it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna find it. It is seven stages to achieve eternal bliss by passing through the gateway chosen by the Holy Storch. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a comedy um, with, uh, what's that guy's name? You like him from uh, that that uh, werewolf show that you liked with vampires. The Vampire uh, Diaries? No. Werewolves mostly. Teen Wolf? No, not, no, not, it was, but that one guy, Sam Hutchinson or whatever, there was an American version of the show. Oh, being British, human. Being human. Sam Whitworth. Sam Huntington. Sam Huntington. Okay, he's in there, and that, that one, uh, the woman from Oats and Garfunkel, she's in there too. Um, Man. Uh, what? So you like? Well, trust me, you dodged a bullet on Taika this one. Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi's in it. Very. He's the Storch. Uh, Dan Harmon's in it. He plays this uh, a cop called Blois. Oh, yeah. It's like a mixture of Blake and Royce, I guess. <laughs> He's the best part of this movie. His character is pretty funny. Brian Posehn. But yeah, you see all there's all these people and all these comedians in this movie coming in. And they're in there for a few minutes and they leave. And I'm just like, okay, you're going to get all these these somewhat well-known comics in here for a few minutes. Shit, when is fucking Pat Oswalt going to come out? When is this <laughs> asshole going to come out? Where's Zach Galifianakis now? It was kind of like, hey, here's this guy, here's this guy, here's this guy. Here's like... Mark McKinney, and pretty much what the movie is about, followers of a cult leader kill themselves in an apartment bathtub, because that's where the, the that cult leader killed himself, in this specific bathtub. Okay. So these, these members of a cult break into this apartment nightly and kill themselves in this couple's bathtub, because they moved from Ohio to L.A., and they got this apartment really cheap, and so they... <laughs> I know, it sounds silly. And, <laughs> and 
they find out that people keep sneaking into their apartment and killing themselves in this bathtub. And Dan Harmon comes along and he investigates each one. He's like an inept cop. Which he really is the best character, and he's the only character that made me laugh in this movie. It's, I think people who like uh, what Wet Hot American Summer or whatever, we're going to like this movie. I think it's more akin to those movies than okay. comedy-wise. Otherwise, I really didn't laugh all that much. Uh, I was just kind of waiting until this one was over. And that's about it. And yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of actors in that movie. I'm curious. It sounds as we're becoming more and more concerned about mental health and death by suicide. It's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm, true. I'm curious to see how they did that. Seems like it could be insensitive. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah, I but guess I so. Well, yeah. the Mark McKinney character takes a, a cyanide pill. He's like, oh, this will be harmless. Won't hurt at all. He's like, uh, later on, he's like, oh, this is horrible. Come Kill on, me. Mark McKinney. We all know how much that hurts. <laughs> We've seen Skyfall. Well, these people are, 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 are from a cult, so of course <laughs> okay. they're not going to... Yeah, they're, they're killing themselves in a bathtub, for Christ's <laughs> sake. The last movie of the festival that I saw was a screening of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, the Kyoto Brothers were there, the three directors of the movie... And it was a great time. It was it was really cool. They had uh, an actual one of their uh, uh, effects, one of their clowns there too, to introduce the movie and do hand puppets on the screen, which is really cool. Uh, it was I've never seen Killer Clowns on the screen, mm-hmm. and they um, did it in the original thirty five millimeter, which was cool. Also, you get to see it how it was when it first came out. The Killer Clown came out and. Yeah, I, yeah. I just said that. I know, it's just, I that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But I want yeah. you to put that picture up. Yeah, yeah. I am going to put it up. Uh, it was a pretty, f- it was it was fun. I went alone. Um, people behind me talked the whole time. I didn't really oh. care all that much because, I mean, whatever. I've seen this movie a thousand times. Uh, and then there was some asshole up front who kept fucking clapping before even, like, the good parts were about oh. to happen and, like, saying shit out loud and... It got a laugh for a few, first few times, and after a while, people just weren't laughing anymore, and I was just wondering if there was some other dude going, all right, all right dude, shut the fuck up, all right, you're not funny anymore, it's over, it's old, it's mm-hmm. old, knock it off. But anyway, it was a cool closing to the show, um, I was really tired afterward, and I left right after the movie, I didn't stay for the Q&A, but um, it was a nice ending to the festival, and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I couldn't see uh, quite a few of the movies that were there. Um, Satan Slaves uh, looked interesting. It looked like an Indonesian movie. I'm not 100% on that one. Yeah. There was a Norwegian movie called Heavy Trip. It's about metalheads and death metalheads. I didn't see it because I didn't have that great of time with the movie Deathgasm. So I really Deathgasm, wasn't that's really, what um, called. Yeah. I w- really wasn't interested in this one. I missed The Cop Baby. Uh, it's a Russian movie <laughs> with uh, 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 this guy who, I guess he dies and becomes... Uh, a baby, and he's, he's a cop still, and he's still trying to do things. I heard I heard the special effects were really good oh, in this right. movie. And it was, I get, it's, the premise sounds stupid. But oh, but you're into the Holy Storch movie, and I said it was <laughs> fucking horrible, but Cop yeah, Baby, no. Cop Baby is well, where we'll I just, well, well, hold on a second. Let's, let's, okay, this is a genre film festival, so you have to think, okay, Cop Baby, this is going to be nuts then. It's not going to be a movie of Boss Baby. Right. Which I think you might mix it up with a little bit. I was thinking of a movie like Boss Baby with Cop Baby. No, I'm actually thinking of like a bunch of stupid 80s movies. 
Oh, this or one I, looks... What am I thinking of? What's the... <clears throat> baby's the Day Wayans. Out? No, the Wayans Little movie. Man? Yeah. No, it's not like Little All Man. Right. I mean, he's a baby, not like... <laughs> Uh, what keeps you alive? I really wanted to see, but it was just so late at night. And yeah. It's by the guy who did what uh, stains the, the sand red. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get to see that. There were a bunch of shorts. I didn't get to see those. The Brink looked like a cool like Hong Kong action film. Uh, I, the times just never lined up for that one. Uh, Claire's Ghost looks interesting. That was with um, I didn't know know the whole premise, but it looked like a family affair with um, what's his. You know, I actually don't even like the guy all that much. Chris Elliott. Yeah, uh, that's why I wasn't interested. Yeah, I, I never Chris found Elliott him funny, it. but... It, it, not, it, that's it's, why. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, another movie called The Captain. Oh, man, this movie looked really awesome. It I did. really wanted to see it. Yeah, they only showed it once. we didn't. Mm-hmm. It was early in the day. I couldn't get off work. It looked like a, a documentary about uh, an SS officer in Auschwitz, I believe, yeah. or, or some concentration camp. Looked very interesting. They only played it <clears throat> Monday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. That's the only time they played it, yeah. Uh, the Ranger was another one. It was kind of like an 80s throwback punk rock movie with mm-hmm. like some forest ranger hunting down punk rock kids. The Russian Bride, uh, I kind of passed from this one. I read that it had a crazy ending, but I saw that Corbin Burnson was in the movie, and he really doesn't do anything good anymore. So I was like, oh, I'm going to kind of pass this one, and... And then the last one was The Appearance, which I don't know too much about, and I, that one just never lined up either. Ghosts! I don't know, that's just, what, <clears throat> that's just what I assume. Oh, probably. That's what most of these are about. Appearance. No, I can get there real fast. Here we go. Ready? Yes. When a medieval monk unexpectedly dies in a horrific way, the church sends Mahito, Mateo the Inquisitor, a rational man of science, to investigate the alleged witch. Well, it sounds like I would love this movie, actually. Yeah. Ah. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get to see it. But we didn't get to. But that's all, though. And then we didn't stick around for the movie Juice uh, with Ernest Dickerson, nor no. do we stick around for Lana Wachowski's uh, Bound. Seen both of them before. Howard the Duck, yeah. Howard the Duck, didn't we didn't see, see. But all in all, it was a great festival, and I can't wait to go next year. Me too. I, we're we're going to take the week off for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of sitting and focusing on something that you've never even heard of. Right. And that takes a lot. I mean, I get fidgety and I like to space out. Right. <laughs> this was tough, but awesome. I definitely want to do it again, but it is a lot to see in seven, eight days. Top three? Top three. The Domestics was uh-huh. number one for me. Uh-huh. Um, number two... Was probably Prayer Before Dawn. Uh-huh. And I will say number three was The Devil's Doorway. Uh-huh. Only because there are things about Summer of 84 that really, really bugged me. Otherwise, Summer of 84 would have made my top three. Okay. You? Uh, Summer of 84 mm-hmm. was number one. I have to say Relaxer. <laughs> it's growing on me even the more that I think about I know. it. But I am glad I'm not watching it. <laughs> and uh, A Prayer Before Dawn was my third. Now, my tide for fourth would be uh, Wait Further Instructions yes. and The Domestics. Those Agreed. are my ties. So that, that would be my top five. 
were those movies. But Wait for the Instructions is really good. Yeah, like I said, right. I just did not like watching it. <laughs> and I, I'll give props even to Devil's Doorway. That was a good one, too. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. didn't make the top five. Very passable. Very good movie. Yeah. But yeah, check them out. We got to see some great stuff at Cinepocalypse. Yes. It was very cool. So hopefully it'll be coming to a screen near you or in your house somewhere, and then you can check out all these movies that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, that about does it for us this week. We'll catch you on next week for our 40th episode, which will be Jessalyn's pick of a movie, and she still hasn't picked it yet, I but we will decide, find out. I'm thinking. And we will check you guys out later. Take it easy. Thanks for listening.